Hey everyone, welcome to the Godcast. I am Xavier. And I am Balin. Welcome to the Godcast, a podcast in which we discuss comparative religion, the development of religions, debates on religions, and skepticisms. Hello, and today on the podcast, we will be debating if the all Abrahamic religions worship the same God. For this, we have our friend Noah here to debate on the side of yes, as in agreeing with the statement. Uh, hi, my name is Noah Wilson. Um, I am a um, part-time YouTuber. Well, I, I like to say that. Um, I don't do anything on debate on my channel, really. Um, I do it on a completely different subject. But um, I, I'm what many refer to as a syncretic, um, so I take ideas from multiple religions and um kind of like pile it all together um most of my ideas come from christian uh, christianity and a few of them from islam um and so if if i say anything here today that um uh, a christian or a muslim would say oh that's i don't believe in that that's misrepresentation uh please understand that i am a syncretic and that um uh you might not necessarily agree with that um and that's okay Today, of course, I will be the moderator as Xavier debates on the side of they do not worship the same God. So let us begin. Quickly, before we jump into this, I want to say straight up, I honestly think that there are that there should be good cases both for and against whether or not they worship the same deity. But given that Noah believes that they worship the same deity and there was no one who I could find to debate against him, I am debating on the side of negative. I will now be flipping a coin to see who will begin. I I call tails. Alrighty, I uh, guess am going first. Alrighty, Balin, timekeeper, are you set? Yes, indeed. Alrighty, maybe you could put the phone right there so I could see if that's good. Cool, alright. Excellent. The 10 minutes has began. Alrighty. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you, Noah, for debating against me. And thank you, or and, and also being on the podcast. And thank you, Balin, for uh, being the moderator. So I'd like to attempt to break down my argument for why I do not believe that all Abrahamic religions worship the same deity into four different contentions. Um, I hope to get to at least two of them, or at least three of them, before my time runs out and we can try to revert back to the other one during the crossfire. So, let's begin with contention number one, which I call, uh, I call it, which ethics is my title, and my subtitle is religion, reform, or revival. So, uh, first of all, we have God and Judaism seeming to mandate a different moral code depending on whether he has talked to, or God in general rather, depending on whether he's talked to Moses, Jesus, or Muhammad. Um, not to mention the Noahide laws, which give the impression of a simplistic deity who reinvents himself as a more complex deity in between the time he gave the Noahide laws to Noah and the Mosaic laws to Moses. According to Jewish Virtual Library, quote, in Genesis, Elohim or El Shaddai functions as a primitive lawgiver. After the flood, this God gives to Noah th those primitive laws which apply to all human beings, the so-called Noahide laws. Nothing of the sophistication and comprehensive of the Mosaic laws is evident in the early history of the human relationship to Yahweh as outlined in Genesis. 
Now, let's say for the sake of argument that the Torah does accurately recount that one point that at one point in time the Jews followed the Mosaic laws, but then transitioned over to the later Mosaic. I'm sorry, Noahide laws, but then transitioned over to the later Mosaic laws. This means that. God has become more advanced over time, contradicting the argument that God is supposed to have had the same amount of knowledge, power, and goodness, all of which are supposed to be infinite. Already we are faced with a God who changes as time progresses, allowing for one to argue that theoretically the ancient Jews worshipped a far different God than the Christians of the mid-first millennium and the Muslims of the late first millennium, a point I want to touch on later in the crossfire, or perhaps the rebuttal section. However, the main issues begin with the warring culture of the Hebrews, assuming the um, assuming the Hebrew Bible at least somewhat accurately recounts these battles and conquests that were supposed to take place in ancient Jewish history at the command and aid of God. So in Judaism, we are faced, in the Hebrew Bible, in the, in the Old Testament, we are faced with graphic depictions of violence in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15, Verses 2 through 4, God orders uh, the complete wiping out of the Amalekites. Um, the wrath of God um, is displayed uh, in the Old Testament as well, in which God forces cannibalism upon his people as part of his punishment for disobeying his commandments. Quote again, God, or, and this is in Leviticus chapter 26, if I may add. Additional, so God. Additionally, um, while these might seem like incredibly extreme examples, um, the basic narrative uh, is that God casts Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. He floods the earth when people get too evil. He communicates with a guy named Abraham, which is fine. He frees the Hebrews from slavery by violently killing the Egyptian children. Then he helps the Hebrews establish their kingdom by wiping out and displacing various tribes and nations already inhabiting the land promised to them from Abraham's covenant. So that might sound a bit violent. In the Old Testament, God is depicted violently. You could argue that he's merciful in some situations. You could say, well, Abraham's kind of a flawed dude, but God chooses him to be the guy, to be the patriarch. Yeah, but this doesn't justify the, the Amalekite massacre um, and the, the cannibalistic example. And also the general narrative, which I hope, which I previously outlined. So now let's segue into Christianity. Um, however, you see Jesus. So in Christianity, you see Jesus preaches a pacified, preach a pacified version of Judaism. Jesus, an apocalypticist, is part of the school of apocalypticism, which began about a hundred years before his existence, around actually around 150 BCE, and it lasted till about 100 CE. According to Bart er er Ehrman, a leading New Testament scholar, if not the leading New Testament scholar, um, Jesus was an apocalypticist, was not, was not uncommon in his day. Uh, apocalypticism, according to Bart Ehrman, can be broken down into the points of dualism, pessimism, vindication, and imminence. Dualism being that there is the devil and God, pessimism being that, the only, being that things will keep getting worse until literally all hell breaks loose, and vindication uh, meaning that there's no escape from God's wrath once the end times do come in imminence, meaning that they are coming right now. Um, this school ended long ago, but the three tenets of dualism, pessimism, and vindication, but not imminence, define modern Judaism as the Jews await, await a Messiah. These three points define Christianity with the awaited second coming of Jesus and Islam with the, with the coming of the Mahdi. Um, that might sound like a similarity, but I'll try to get to some differences really quickly. So Christianity with the awaited, I'm um, sorry, Jesus and Apocalypse, as stated before, uses rabbinic sayings from the time, allowing for a more pacified version of Judaism to emerge, to emerge in the, um, 
in around 30 slash 33 uh, the year that year. So now, given all this context, a ton of context, finally try, trying to get to some arguments here. So as I've said that Jesus is a product of his time using rabbinic sayings at his time and preaching apocalypticism at his time, um, I'll be including, uh, uh, now that I've given all this context, let's compare the ethics. That's my first point, my first contention about the ethics. I'll be including sayings attributed to Jesus in the New Testament, sayings attributed to Moses in the in the Torah, and sayings attributed to Jesus, I'm sorry, to Muhammad in the Quran, but not the Hadiths, given that they are contested. I don't want to create a straw man, then destroy it. So let's go with Moses, who's the chief prophet of Judaism, commanding an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Um, as part of Yahweh's Mosaic law revealed to Moses. This is in Exodus chapter 21, verses 23 through 26. Um, but if injury ensues, you shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Uh, when someone uh, strikes his male or female slave in the eye and destroys the use of the eye, he shall let the slave go in compensation for the eye. And additionally, in Leviticus, which is part of the books of the Torah, the five books of Moses, uh, or the Pentateuch, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10 says that God commands that adulterers must be executed. God again commands that adulterers must be executed in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 22. Uh, God, chapter 22, verse 22. Jesus says, however, let's contrast, contrast, contrast what Moses says which with what Jesus says. Jesus says, turn the other cheek and love your enemy in multiple ways. And this is going back to um, how Moses said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. This Jesus saying, turn your cheek is uh, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. Uh, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you, um, when someone strikes you on your right cheek, uh, turn your left as well. Um, I'm not going to read the rest of the, that passage from the Sermon on the Mount, but uh, we can delve into that a bit later, given the shortness of time. Um, so additionally, we have Jesus um, preach a different message on, on adultery um, to, to a certain effect. Um, Jesus preaches his word to a woman who has been married five times and lives with a man who is not her husband. I guess that's kind of, it's kind of in the realm of adultery. That's John chapter 4, verses 13 through 26. However, an incredibly extreme example of Jesus preaching an alternate message to that of Moses is uh, uh, my eighth example. Jesus prevents a woman from being stoned to death for adultery. John chapter 8, verses 2 through 11. Not going to read that because we're running out on time. However, in terms of uh, the Muslim ethics on this, actually in terms of on turning the other cheek, Allah reveals to, to Muhammad, uh, as listed in the Quran, which was supposed to be written before the beginning of time in a perfect and errant book and revealed to Muhammad, Allah reveals to Muhammad that anyone who opposes him and his messenger shall be ex executed, crucified, or have their hands and feet cut off from multiple sides or exiled and damned to hell. And this is in uh, Quran chapter 5, verse 33. Uh, additionally, although they're not, the punishment for adultery is not stoning to death in the Hadiths. Are, are, sorry, only the only time in which stoning to death is the punishment for adultery is found in the Hadiths and not the Quran. There is still a hefty price that Allah reveals in his book, um, which is being, which is each person being lashed with a hundred stripes. Additionally, um, Allah's prophet, as recorded in the supposedly inerrant book Allah wrote before time in the creation of the world and revealed to Muhammad he well decapitates the Jewish people of a town and the slaves the women and children after the town goes back on their treaty with the Muslims this is the Banu Kareza not pronounced that correctly um, event in which you know the Jewish people are decapitated 
not necessarily because they're Jewish, keep in mind, but because they went back on the treaty, if I will give uh, um, props where props was due, not that that's really props. Contention number two, which I'd like to briefly get into, I think I'm totally out of time, but I'll just jump into this with a preface of what that would why I want that to be about. And I'll try to I'll mention that in the rebuttals or the other thing. Can I just say what contention two is real quick? Awesome. The title of contention two is quote, which Jesus, the subtitle is heretic, God or prophet. So I'll attempt to get into that very soon. Thank you. Now for Noah's opening statements. All right, so I'm just going to read what I have written and then kind of go off of that. Um, so what I have written is that um, on the topic of the Abrahamic religions worshiping the same deity, my stance is one in agreement with this statement. Um, as a man who has had a recent period in which I questioned my faith, I came out realizing that Islam and uh, 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 that Islam and Christianity have more uh, similarities than differences, and I'm just using that as an example. Um, and by uh, doing extensive research on the Bible and the Quran uh, for a long period of time, I can confidently confirm that the God of the Bible, um, that the God of the Bible and the God of the Quran are the same God. However, the God presented in the Bible, um, as Xavier said, can be seen as a different side of his personality than um, that in the Quran, um, as their actions are the same, but they're described in different ways. So what I mean by their actions are the, are the same is that um, we see the, the point that Xavier makes in that um, God is seen as a, uh, at least in the Old Testament of the, of the Christian Bible, as a... Um, as like sort of a vengeful God and uh, one who incites violence. Um, we do see that as well in the Quran and as well in the Torah, um, more so in the Torah actually. Um, and yeah, so we, we see that in the three major Abrahamic religions that um, God is a wrathful, uh, vengeful sort of God. Um, there are, uh, religions like Christianity that have a New Testament um, in which, no, hold on, computer turned off. Don't worry. No, okay. Um, there are religions like Christianity in which the New Testament, um, uh, there's something like a New Testament, um, and that um, that that vengeful um, God of wrath and fire and death um, becomes more of a loving and um, like uh, a, a more loving and um, sort of um hopeful god you know um and we see that uh, a lot with jesus as well um and uh even though um even though in the quran um jesus is not um a, a, not said to be a part of god um or or to be a god or any of that uh he's worshiped as a prophet um just like muhammad um but uh in the Quran, we also see, even though uh, many times God will appear as a vengeful sort of God of wrath, um, we do see um, him sort of switch um, to a more loving God. And we see that there's, um, even though um, Christianity promotes the concept of the Trinity um, and by showing that um, God has multiple personalities, even though uh, Christianity does that different than uh, Islam does with the Quran. Um, 
Islam still shows um, that God has sort of multiple personalities to him because we do see both a loving and a vengeful God in the Quran as well. And we see it in the Torah. Um, so here, wait, uh, how much time do I have? We will now begin the rebuttals for our two debaters. Yes. Alrighty. Balin, are you ready for the 15 minute or to, for the timer for 15 minutes? So in Noah's um, opening statement, he brought up ideas of, of Jesus, of God, of Jesus showing a different side of God and God showing himself differently. According, God reveals himself to, to the Jews as a certain, he shows a certain face to the Jews. He shows a certain face to the Christians and he shows a certain face to the Muslims. And he can show himself to the Muslims in one light one day and show himself to the Muslims in another night, another day showing himself to be merciful or showing himself to be wrathful. Now I would like to politely disagree and, uh, kind of do an argument kind of, uh, kind of, uh, how do I put this center my argument around an idea that were around, around a, essentially a statement that a man named Dr. Richard Carrier, who we've cited a lot in the first episode argues, Dr. Richard Carrier argues that, Christianity is a pacified version of Judaism, and um, Islam is like Judaism 3.0. Islam is a heresy of Christianity, and Jude and um, making Islam Judaism 3.0, and Judaism is a re- uh, Islam is a revised version of Judaism with a return to the Mosaic Law, except with the Sharia Law. That is what I would argue as my points, and I hope that I've made that clear in my opening statement, in which I laid out the ethics of these or a little the ethics in comparison to how Moses and Muhammad dealt with you know attacks or criticism and criticism in which Jesus said to turn the other cheek and how they dealt with the the concept of adultery in which Moses said stoning to death and Muhammad said a hundred lashes and Jesus saved a person from adultery according to the Bible now but the ethics, I would argue, are contradictory across the three different religions. Noah believes that they're showing three di- three different faces. I would argue that they're that they're showing a kind of valley. So we start on one peak, which is Judaism, in which we have the ethics that I've discussed in the past, in which we have you know violence, war. The Hebrews are warring with the tribes, and they are laying out harsh laws. They're laying out the harsh Mosaic laws. The standards are high, and woe to anyone who breaks those standards. We get down into the valley. This is where the standards are not necessarily loosened. The standards are still high, but the consequences for them are more merciful. We have Jesus, again, conversing with a woman who was married five times and and telling the Pharisees and the Sadducees not to kill the woman who had committed adultery. We have Jesus giving the Sermon on the Mount, as listed in Matthew. Then we get back up to the other peak, the last peak. It's a very tall peak, and it's a revival of the first peak in which we have, we have instead of the, all of the lands that were promised to Abraham being taken over, we have all of the lands that can be taken over, taken over. We have, and I'll get to that, I'll help to get to that in the, in the, in the future, in which we hopefully discuss uh, jihad and things to that effect. We additionally have as I've said before, a revival of Mosaic law in the form of Sharia law. There are some revisions 
such as you know with the um, with adultery, it person receiving a hundred lashes, both people receiving a hundred lashes. But we do see um, a return to that eye for an eye type thing. If someone critics, but it's also kind of highly politicized. If someone's trying to disturb uh, the authority of Muhammad in the region that he has taken over, then they will be well crucified or have their hands and feet cut off uh, or executed in some other manner and then banished to hell. This is a an extreme that's not that's seen not even in uh, the Mosaic Age of Judaism. That's seen not even in the Mosaic Law. And now let me go on to my second contention, which I hope is a sufficient uh, rebuttal or at least provoke some thought in regards to Noah's argument that Jesus shows another face of God. Jesus shows another personality of God, which is kind of his version of the Trinity, if you will. Now, this is enclosed within Contention 2, which I title, quote, Which Jesus? And the subtitle is Heretic, God, or Prophet? Which I hope to try to uh, argue why Christianity is an outlier in comparison to the three, the two other religions. So in Judaism, we have Jesus viewed as a heretic and mentioned in the Talmud as a sorcerer who led the people astray by magic. In fact, and this is pretty off topic, but in the Gospel of Nicodemus, you'll actually see the the people be like, hey, um, yeah, you, you totally use that. Go ahead. Um, well, in the Gospel of Nicodemus, in fact, that's why Jesus was basically uh, brought before Pilate because he was driving out Satan with by using the power of, of Satan to drive out the demons, um, which sounds to be a bit circular logic. Yet again, the Gospel of Nicodemus is not a canonical gospel for a variety of reasons. Anyways, we have that concept that the Jews writing the, the, the Talmud believe that Jesus was uh, a sorcerer. He's not viewed in a good light. It is, it is rare that you will see people who are Jewish recognizing him as a prophet outside of the Messianic Jewish movement, which is a syncretic movement um, of Christianity and Judaism. But outside of that, you don't see any anyone like that. All Jewish, all Jewish Christianity was stomped out by Gentile Christianity in the uh, centuries of, in the first, maybe the early to mid-centuries of the of the Common Era, um, but definitely in the earliest, the earliest centuries for sure, and perhaps the mid-centuries in which Gentile Christ, Gentiles overwhelmed the Jewish population and uh, deemed the Jewish Christian sects, such as the Ebionites, the Nazarenes, or the Alkacites, as her, her, um, heretical. In Christianity, across all de- almost all denominations, Jesus is seen as God. This is far different than how God is than how God is seen in Judaism. Uh, we have the, the the Tawheed, the oneness of God. In I, I believe that's the correct term in Islam. Um, although I could be citing a Sufi term, but I'm pretty sure Tawheed um, applies to God being one and not being like divisible in three parts. Not necessarily saying that God's divisible, but not. It, there being one God, and there being monad in Neoplatonic terms, but um, across almost all Christian denominations, Jesus is seen as God. The Trinity, although not taught in the Bible, was created by Christian theologian, heresiologist, and apologist Tertullian, and was an official and was officially adopted as a doctrine uh, of the Church at the Council of Nicaea in 325, as react to the non as a reaction to the non-Trinitarian Arian controversy um however so almost all christians believe in trinitarianism with the exception of the mormons who i'd argue are actually not christians which is not a position of me preaching hatred this is a position of me trying to look at this from an academic standpoint 
and uh, I would argue that, and then also you have the Jehovah's Witnesses who are, um, who I would argue are Christians. Um, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be, but they preached on Trinitarianism, but outside of those and maybe some rather obscure Pentecostal denominations, you really don't see non-Trinitarianism um, at all. For Islam, the Trinity, although debatably misrepresented as the Father, the Son, and the Mother in the Quran, is explicitly rejected with claims that the Jews worship Ezra as God, which is not true, and the Christians worship Jesus as God, which by that time, by the 7th century, was almost entirely true, if not entirely true, although the Valentinians, which were a Gnostic sect, may have existed through that time, and the Arians still existed during that time too. So it actually... The Aryans for sure still existed during that time, but barely. So it's it's almost always true. It's 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 almost true in almost all situations. Now Jesus and Islam. This is one of my important points. Um, in Noah's view, who he adheres to a syncretic version, we have God. We have Jesus being revered highly, Isa, as a prophet in Islam. Um, but. But Noah takes it a step further and says that Jesus shows a personality of God. Now, that's not really exactly... I would argue most Muslims would say that he does reflect that, but we we probably wouldn't go as far... Most Muslims probably wouldn't go as far as Noah's syncretic version, which is God reflects... Or Jesus is like a a full-fledged personality of God, which... I'm not really, I, I'm, I'm acknowledging that, but I'm not really going to use that, I don't think, too much as an argument point, given that Noah has said that he follows a synchronic version. But um, Jesus in Islam is viewed as a prophet who differs from the Christian Jesus in several ways. So already we have Jesus in Judaism saying, hey, he's not actually, he's, he's a heretic and in and in Christianity, he's almost always God, which is a completely different God. Worshipping a first century Palestinian Jew as God is completely different than worshipping an abstract um, deity in Islam who will only, rever- only, re- only reveal himself at the end times to humanity in which we can actually see him. And then in Judaism as essentially an invisible man. Uh, Jesus in Islam is viewed as a prophet who differs from the Christian Jesus in several ways. Jesus speaks from the cradle. Jesus makes birds out of clay as an infant. Jesus went to a t- sent a table of food down from heaven for his disciples when they asked him. Allah reveals the gospel to Jesus, but it is corrupted over time and it is not as perfect as the Quran. Jesus is not crucified but disappears in the Garden of Gethsemane. And those who supposedly crucified him thought that they had crucified him. Excuse me, but it only looked that way. As in Surah 4, verse 157, Jesus is not not necessarily seated at the right hand of the Father in uh, um, Islam, although most Christians believe that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, if not all of them, but rather, he res- but rather where he resides in the seven heavens is unclear. I did find something that said that he resides in the second heaven along with John the Baptist, but I tried to look for sources and I couldn't find any sources. It said it was from a um, just like polymath uh, Egyptian Muslim intellectual, but then I tried to look for the source on Wikipedia to then go to that source and then look for the sources that were used in the description for that source, but I couldn't find anything. So there's no guarantee that Jesus is in the second heaven from my reading, but it is clear that it is 
incredibly unclear as to whether Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, which is a, uh, a heavy Christological doctrine in most religions, elevating them to the seat right with God. Therefore, Christianity sticks out immensely in comparison to Judaism, in which Jesus is almost always a heretic, and Islam, in which Jesus is a prophet. With Jesus being God, almost all Christians worship a man from first century Palestine and the Holy Spirit in comparison to the Jews and Muslims who worship only one divine being, uh, being either Yahweh or Allah. Um, another thing I would like to bring up in my rebuttal is actually a different point. It's, it's, an, it's a new point, but I think it's, it's, it should serve as a, I, I hope, Balin, can I see how much, how much time I have left? That's good. Okay, I'll try to briefly go over this, but it should, I hope it does serve as a, a thought-provoking point. Contention number three is, is titled, Which Reach? Which Reach? So, uh, so the subtitle is, uh, is Jewish Humanity or Humanity. And I think the outlier out of the out of the three Christian out of the three religions I hope to explain is uh, Judaism. I would argue is the outlier. So pre-Judaism was polytheist. It was originally polytheistic. Then Judaism began to form as a monolatrous religion in which there was uh, one God with whom the Hebrews had a special covenant, being Elohim with Abraham, and then Yahweh with the Yahweh cult from Moses. Later, once the Jews were in the land of Abraham, uh, sorry, later once the Jews were in the land of Abraham, that Abraham had been promised by Elohim, the religion became henotheistic, not designed, not denying the existence of multiple deities, but recognizing one supreme being, when the Yahweh cult over, um, uh, overtook the Baal cult in popularity, and gradually the worship of other uh, deities stopped. However, Zoroastrian influence appeared gradual, uh, appeared to really tie Judaism down to monotheism, especially in the sense of universalism, because post-exilic Jewish theology upgraded Yahweh from the national deity of the Jews to one who offered heaven or hell, two concepts taken from Zoroastrianism, um, which supplanted the previous concept of Sheol, so what happened to so so Yahweh off goes from the national uh, cult deity of the Jews to one who offers heaven or hell to all of humanity. However, the pact with Abraham to give God a special covenant with him and his chosen people makes Jews an ethno-religious community, making it one of the hardest religions to join. In fact, Pauline Christianity was popular in part because Paul took off Jewish initiation rituals such as circumcision, which previously put off potential Gentile converts who were thinking of maybe converting, but then shied away. Rabbis will tell you that the Jews were chosen by God to reveal the truth of God to humanity once the Messiah now agreed to be a mortal man comes. Judaism is not a missionary religion, so God seems to be content with his mission circulating amongst the Jews until the Messiah arrives. So in Judaism, we have God's message is uh, for the Jews, um, and then God will reveal his message. Uh, God will, will, the truth of God will be revealed once the Messiah unites all of humanity. In Christianity, it's the opposite. Christianity is a missionary religion with the Great Commission serving as a textbook example. In Islam, it's the establishment of caliphates, the Rashidun, the um, Amayyad, I think, I guess, and the, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and the Abbasid Caliphate as, as three examples. Alrighty, I'm done there, and Balin can take it away. Now we shall hear from Noah's rebuttal. Thank you. 
All right. So for my rebuttal, I would argue that um, listening to um, Xavier's rebuttal, that um, I do have a few points to argue that. Um, uh, so Xavier makes the claim that. Um, <coughs> sorry. Um, Xavier makes the claim that um, uh, Christianity must be an outlier from the rest of the Abrahamic uh, religions because um, uh, that it must be an outlier from the rest of the Abrahamic religions because um, um, many um, well, what's it um, many of the um, <clears throat> many of the points made in the Bible and throughout Christianity, especially by Jesus. Um, are very different from um, a lot of the points and uh, messages taught by that in Islam and uh, Judaism. Um, my point to argue would be that um, that is true. Christianity as a religion is different from the rest of uh, the Abrahamic religions, but that does not prove the point that the uh, God of Christianity is a different God from the, uh, from the other two because, um, because it doesn't specify that the God is different. It just specifies that the religion is different and the religion is made by humans. Um, it, it, religion is really just a, just, just more of a set of rules and practices that are made by humans to worship a God. Um, so this really just specifies that Christianity is different from the other two, which is true, but the, uh, it does not prove that the, the God of Christianity is a different God from that of Islam or uh, Judaism. Um, <clears throat> the other argument I have to make is that, um, <clears throat> sorry, I have a, I have chronic post-nasal drip, so that's why I've, I've always have a rough throat. Um, <laughs> should have specified that. Um, the other point I want to make is that, um, uh, Xavier claims that, uh, that, um, in Islam, um, the the god of islam must be different because the concept of the trinity is generally rejected in islam um but my argument is that um i i think that most muslims uh, if not all muslims actually completely misunderstand the concept of the trinity we often see muslims re uh, refer to jesus as a god own right which is completely incorrect um i I at least see um, Jesus as more of a like uh, a part of God's personality, but uh, most Christians um, would argue that Jesus is a part of God, but not necessarily part of his personality. Um, there's a bunch of different theories on this, but um, most Christians argue that um, Jesus is a pot in some sort of way and not his own God in his own right, which is, um, I, I, I just think that the, the point made by, um, people who think that God is his own God in his own right, um, I think is just a very poor point to make because uh, it just shows um, that not much research has been done in that area. Um, the other <clears throat> the other rebuttal I have to make is that um, um, Judaism is, um, I, I agree that Judaism is a very, very exclusive religion. A lot of um a lot of the time, and we see that um, uh, the in Judaism, the um, the um, people say that, or what's not, the, who are the rulers of Judea? Uh, like um, the people who make the rules. Uh, rabbis. Rabbis. Thank you. Um, we we see that uh, rabbis in Judaism uh, quite a lot. Uh, 
most of them say that um, the Jewish people are God's chosen people to like uh, show the light and lead the way of God, um, which I'd have to disagree with. But um, that is um, that is an argument for a different time. Um, but yes, Judaism is a very exclusive religion in that there's a bunch of initiation rituals um, like circumcision, as Xavier said. Um, that is not to say that there aren't initiation rituals in Christianity and Islam, because there are, like Islam has the shahada, um, and in Christianity we have baptism, um, but Judaism tends to have a lot more. Anyway, my point is that um, Judaism being so exclusive is not motivated by their God being a different God. It's motivated by misunderstanding and sin in the world, really, um, because once again, Judaism is a religion made by humans uh, to worship the one true God. Um, which means that those, um, the, the humans that made the religion that is known as Judaism, um, where, I mean, they're not perfect, you know, and because they're not perfect, there's going to be, no matter how hard they try to resist it, there's going to be sin in pretty much any religion out there. And that includes Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Um, so a lot of these initiation, um, a lot of these uh, initiation rituals and just exclusivity of Judaism that says, no, you can't be a Jew or you can't be a Judaist or whatever. Like a lot of, a lot of those rules that say you can't be this, you can't be that are due to misunderstanding and sin in the world, not due to, um, the God of Judaism being a different God from Christianity and Islam.